Welcome back to D&J's Epic Quest. I am Jay Rule, or Justin, and joining alongside me, my partner here. Derek Cronus, or otherwise known as Derek, and uh, we're joined by two very special guests today, uh, if you guys would like to introduce yourselves. Sure. My name is uh, Latinae, a.k.a. Lana Bashinsky. <laughs> I, I need a cool, I want a cool handle. Yeah, you you really screwed up when you made all your online handles your just normal name. Norm Normie McNormalson. <laughs> That's me, Normie McNormalson, Jeff Canada. And we're oh, from the uh, DLC Book Club. Yes, DLC Book Club, which is uh, you can find on YouTube uh, on my YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash Kanata Jeff. Kanata spelled two N's in one T. Uh, and we, like you, are uh, tackling the Malazan Book of the Fallen for the first time ever. So uh, yeah, it's awesome to uh, meet, uh, you know. Years. Yes. Co-questers, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are a little further ahead than we are, I see. you Because you guys just finished the book recently, right? Memories of Ice anyways? Yes. Yes. Last week. Dang. So how fast do you all go? We, um, we don't go that fast. I, I don't think, I mean, I, I, Lana is a much quicker reader than I, I am the anchor holding the team back, uh, because I am a quite a slow reader. Um, but we have some wonderful folks, uh, in our discord and that have been sort of reading along with us that have given us an, uh, I think a really cool roadmap they did for memories of ice and now they're doing that for uh, house of change, the, the fourth book. Um, and so we tend to do like two to three chapters a week. That's basically mm -hmm. our cadence. Sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more. But um, yeah, I mean, I think we're on pace for like two years to get through the whole 10 <laughs> cycle. Which your your cadence, have you done the math on when you'll get through the whole all 10? Well, we we're not stopping at 10. We're gonna we're gonna read all of Malazan. Mal Mal including the novels and the novellas in publication order. So once we're done with Memories of Ice, we're going to move on to the first novella, which is Blood Follows. So, oh, nice. cool. Yeah. But for the main 10, to go back to your actual question, um, I think it was about four years. Oh, my wow. gosh. My goodness. You're in it. You're in it to <laughs> win it. It's like, it's like a graduate program. You're like in, in <laughs> college. We're probably putting in about as much time as, as college. Yeah, around so. year three, you have to really start refining your thesis because that's, that's how right. like what comes out at the end. 
Professor Erickson's a harsh grader, I hear. (laughs) I don't know. He seemed, we interviewed him um, not too long ago, and I don't know. I made him laugh. We made him laugh. So he's a very kind human being. He is, he is, he is the best of us. I think, uh, Mm -hmm. humans, I, I have, uh, I'm, I'm completely bowled over by his grace and generosity and genius. Uh, I think he's, uh, he's quite, quite a person. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know if it was mentioned when we released the episode, because I haven't gone back and listened to them because I, I just think about all the things I wish I said during the episode and it gives me too much anxiety. Uh, but when we interviewed Steven Erickson, we had this like part of our conversation was so, I feel like all of us were just like looking mm-hmm. as much as we could like story time, like, wow, what yeah. an amazing person. And we, unfortunately the recording broke and we lost it. So oh, uh, wow. looking forward to our next conversation with him, whenever that may be. That yes. was Justin and I, we, uh, we were just kind of dumbfounded talking to him <laughs> and, and all the time he gave us, he was so gracious. Yeah. Um, yeah. During and, that for sure. Like real we had a seventh grade crush again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's how we feel too. I, I, def- I certainly have a crush on him. I think he's like the coolest dude. I like, I tell my wife, like, I, I want to be Steven Erickson when I grow up. <laughs> all of us are crocus for steven erickson yeah you know Hard. he is he is our noble noble lady in the bedroom and we get to swoon <laughs> he probably is awesome. just as into us as uh, she was into crocus <sighs> well um i guess we have some we kind of we came up with some questions and i'm sure we'll you know we'll see where things lead here um but yeah, just as we read this subbook, you know, I don't know necessarily that there's a ton to talk to pertaining to that subbook. It, it seems relatively straightforward. Uh, I mean, I don't think there was a ton of mystery or anything like that. Um, so I think a lot of our questions are going to be just, you know, kind of your guys' experience, um, that type of thing. So to tell, um, remind me what's the last thing that happens in that subbook so I know where to not talk past. Boshalane and Corbel Brooch get attacked by the Raptor Sword Arm. Mm. Mm. Yes, oh, that, fe- that feels so like good. an eternity ago. But what a great, <laughs> what a great so scene! Oh, so much has happened since then. Um, I would love to know, like, what are your Im- Im- impressions? Like you said, it was pretty straightforward. But c- especially coming out of book two through book three, I feel like there's a very different flavor to it once again i would love to know like just how you're what what's the vibe so far i think you want to go first justin sure sure uh i think that there's you know it was definitely nice to be reacquainted with whiskey jack and gnose um dujack brood rake you know all of these guys that you spent well we spent about nine months getting to know while we recorded gardens of the moon and that familiarity was just it was great to come back to but at the same time, I loved I loved how Erickson reminded you of things that happened in Gardens of the Moon without actually like reminding you. I kind of like to think of it as like, hey, I've got this picture here, but I'm not going to describe this picture. I'm just going to paint other pictures that essentially kind of make you think of that picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, I think. Yeah, it is wild to, you know, have the two first novels in a big, big series have almost zero shared characters <laughs> it's pretty wild yeah but i do think like the like that shout out to sort of the first book the even the the sort of slower ramp i felt like this book has 
felt very much more like Gardens of the Mood, where I felt like book two was a lot more, there seemed to be a lot more little actions that happened and little moments that had like really exciting things. And that first book, especially, I felt much more like I did with Gardens of the Moon, where I'm like, there's so much information here and not all of it is immediately relevant, but I'm still trying to stick it in my brain <laughs> to yeah. save it for later. Cause I, I know everything means something. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you know, the way Memories of Ice starts too, it's like, you know, you, you've, you've just been through this incredibly harrowing thing with, with uh, Deadhouse Gates. You want to kind of re, uh, you know, reconnect with all the people in Jenna Backett's book. And then it's like, hey, um, by the way, hundreds of thousands of years ago, some really important <laughs> stuff happened. And you're like, really? Hundreds of really? We need to know this. All right, let's do it. You know, I love the audacity of it all. I really enjoyed that prologue for Memories of Ice. I mean, so good. Uh, and I've talked, you know, as, as Justin and I have talked and I've talked to other people, I mean, that prologue in Deadhouse Gates compared to the prologue in Gardens of Moon was like going from one to 10, I felt like. Mm -hmm. And then the prologue from Memories of Ice to Deadhouse Gates was like a 20 yeah. to Deadhouse Gates 10, just ramped up phenomenally. Yeah, then then the rest of it, I, like honestly, this subbook I've struggled with quite a bit. I There's a lot of interesting things, but just as you mentioned, coming down from that wild ride of Deadhouse Gates, I had a hard time with the slower pace of it. And I know it's going to build and I know it's, it's going to pop off and some wild things are going to happen. I'm sure. I don't even know. I mean, we get a, maybe a little bit of a taste mm -hmm. with the, uh, the Raptors as we just and I call them appearing. But yeah. It's uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing on and, and uh, just unraveling more of this book. Purely what? for my entertainment. Do you have any predictions? I know you're <laughs> like, it feels like, it's just like an info dump, but even just based on where you are, is there anything that you're like, ooh, I'd be interested in seeing that happen, or I'm excited to possibly see that happen? And then we will keep a completely straight face. Okay, all right. Away. Cool. For the book or the series as a whole? The book. Oh, just this book, yeah. Oh, this book. I don't know how much you like research, and so if you like know things about the series as a whole, I don't want to hear it. So let's yeah. stick to this book. We don't want to know anything past <laughs> no. this book, but we are curious what you think of this book because we have finished it. <laughs> we try to avoid all spoilers. So like we yeah, don't so look do anything up. I don't look at like character pictures. So like I do a lot of artsy stuff and um, getting inspiration. I'm like, no, I'm not even letting myself do that. Mm -hmm. Look at anything Reddit. I'm not. Nope, 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 nope. Um, yeah. if it's at the sacrifice of promoting the pod, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do it unless I'm like definitely sure that this post contains no spoilers. <laughs> Derek and I, 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 think, I think I've got the, the big, the big one. I'm making a pretty bold prediction in this book. Yes. Um, and I think silver Fox is going to die. Just we, we will say nothing. Interesting. We will say nothing. Interesting. Um, Derek, you want to tell them about your, uh, your theory about uh, Gnose and Felicin and Tavor? Yeah, I guess I, I kind of have this overarching theory for the series, and it's just kind of stuff I've picked up on, you know, in Gardens of the Moon and Deadhouse Gates. But I think that Tavor will kill Felicin, and Gnose will basically go ballistic and lose his mind, and he's going to kill Tavor to avenge the family. Because um, why, though? What made you think this? I don't even remember because it's oh, been so long. <laughs> um, okay, so in I think it was like the fourth, fourth or fifth chapter in Gardens of the Moon, 
when he is killed by sorry right and he's at like the gates of hell and there's like this gateway that's like thriving with bodies they're moving and uh, wiggling around and stuff and um i can't remember who said it but someone was just like hey we're gonna give you your life in exchange for someone you love oh that's right yeah yeah i don't remember who said that either but yeah there was yeah an exchange of lives so i was like just thinking about it like and then after what we saw happen to fellison i don't know i it seems to be tragic and i i I don't know. I don't know if it's going to come true. Part of it's going to come true, but I could see, I mean, so far with what we've read, I could see that playing out to some degree, whether it does or doesn't, I don't know. That's kind of it. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I feel like there's one thing we've learned about Erickson is that he loves to subvert expectations. Yes. So uh, I'm constantly being surprised by what I think is being set up and then that swerves and it's not that's not the setup uh it's 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 remarkable how he continues to do that so in probably all the best ways i assume yeah i mean i think so picking off of, of what you just said jeff uh so were you expecting apslar to become shaikh reborn i mean i think clearly that's what's being set up right is that you think that's i mean that's that's where it's headed that's where it's headed that's where it's headed and i remember that we i think we stopped and recorded an episode right before the reveal like i think there's a chapter where they come out of you know a, an old man and a young woman come out of the a, a warren or something like that and just to uh, this, this out of the storm i think yeah you're right it's just out of the storm and it's like an old man and a young woman and i think i was like yeah we don't it didn't say absalar mm -hmm. and, and it might it might you know it didn't say so um i think in that moment i was like it, it really could be uh, it could be uh, Felicin, but uh, I, I was definitely surprised it went that way. And I mean, F Felicin is one of my favorite characters. I just I think the the way he writes her with such insight and tenderness, almost like she is she's you know a uh, a very unlikable person in a lot of ways, but like you understand exactly what's going on in her head all the time. And it's, I don't know. I, I think Lana had a much bigger problem with Felicity than I do. I, think, I, I love her. I think it reveals my like my toxic trait is that I'm like, oh, come on, you'll be fine. You know, yeah, put some, rub some dirt in it, girl. Um, Stop complaining. <laughs> what has your life been so bad with the with the blood flies biting your whole body? I guess. Um, I loved that chapter and I love it, like the way we read and it, I feel like you must feel the same way because you read chapter by chapter, even doing a couple chapters at a time, you know, we stop at these moments that are like cliffhangers. And if we just read the next page, literally like half of our episodes, we would know the answer. But yeah. having those moments where it feels like episodic, it's uh, it's very exciting way to read the book. Yeah, and also test your patience at the same time. <laughs> yeah, true. I test Lana's patience because she could have blown through the whole book in a weekend. And I'm like, I barely finished in time for the episode. No. <laughs> Did you guys only read the chapters once or twice or? Oh, yeah. No, we're not reading it multiple times before no. we record. I, don't know, I think we could speak for both of us when I say that, right? Correct. I would say 90% of the episodes, I'm like, oh, I forgot to do the reading. And I wake up at five that day that we record read and then like two minutes before the podcast starts i log on i'm like i did it <laughs> no not, not a lot of bandwidth i mean as much as you know the show is uh a priority for us and wanting to do 
you know, do right by these books and, you know, do service to the, to the work. Ultimately we want to have a good time, right? It's not, it doesn't want to feel yes. like homework. It doesn't want to feel like, you know, uh, a chore. Um, it, this is about having, we call our show the book club, right? This is about having fun and celebrating the joy of reading. And we happen to have found books that we're both really digging. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think, I think for us, I I'm willing to give up some of our, um, you know, being, being correct about the things, being, yeah. getting things right. We'll, we'll make mistakes sure. and recap things. And we'll have folks in our comments like, well, that's not exactly how it went down. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that. If it means we're still having fun and not feeling like this is a big chore or responsibility. Yeah. yeah. The number of times we have an episode where I, I feel like we'll say some sentence out loud and I'll be like, Oh, I think I put something together and I'll be like pulling at this thread and I like just forgot 60% of the things that I'll sell in the chapter. And I'm just going down a thread that if I, sure, if none of these other things happened, that might be true. And people in the comments let us know it. And I love it. It feels, it does, it feels like we have a, a book club, a casual fun time. Yeah. I always feel like I love to be wrong because <laughs> those are the most entertaining moments in our podcasts. And especially when, uh, you know, Derek and I will argue over something that's not right. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, like we neither. had a lot of that in Dead House Gates. A lot of, we, we did not see very eye to eye on that book at all. <laughs> oh, really? Of having yeah. a, a bet, uh, a couple of bets while we were reading that book. So I bet um, Derek that during Dead House Gates, we made a bet. Uh, so I thought the Book of Drejana was fake. I just thought that it was too easy. Like, Mebra's just like, here you go, here's a book. Go bring it to Shai Goddess. <laughs> okay. You know, it just felt very obvious and I don't know. It just felt setty-uppy. If oh, <laughs> and I actually didn't think that, I thought that Shai was going to stay dead. I ended up being wrong because there was not enough evidence to swing my favor as far as the book goes. <laughs> and Shaikh Reborn, while not technically the same Shaikh, I deferred. So I ended up with a couple of pie base over the summer. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying about uh, Erickson, like subverting expectations. It's hard to, he, he always seems to zag when you think he's going to zig, you know? Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I would have a hard time making solid bets on, I was pretty shocked at that moment where it's like, you bring the book, bring the book, you get, get the book. Okay. She opens the page. I'm about to slash. She just <laughs> murdered immediately. Just yeah. Uh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good scene. That was a really good scene. But yeah, I mean, we've answered some of our questions and just our, our dialogue here, but to get to the formalities, so to speak, uh, how did you discover Malazan? I have a very short answer for that. And that is Jeff. Uh, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> well, I, uh, uh, I don't remember exactly how I first, I actually, I do. I, <laughs> Lana knows this about me. I am such a slow reader that the process of deciding what to read next is laborious, painstaking. Uh, I research thing without like, you know, looking into the actual plot or story of something I will, I have good reads. I have, uh, Amazon reviews. I have, you know, recommended New York times bestseller. I have like, I cross reference. It's like a, a wall with red string trying to decide what book I'm going to read next. Lana 
we'll find a book at the park that someone left behind and read it in 15 minutes and be like, Oh, I might as well read this. It was lying here in the park. Uh, and I believe me, admire that. I'm so jealous of it. I wish, I wish I could do that, but no, I'm a slow reader. So it feels like an investment. So I have these very, uh, very meticulously curated Goodreads lists of to read like, and gardens of the moon was put on my Goodreads to read list 10 years ago. Wow. Because I'd heard amazing things about it. But it always kind of just sat there and and I never got around to it. And I had, you know, I was reading up about the best uh, uh, um, fantasy series of all time. And I started looking at YouTube uh, channels and uh, AP Canavan's channel and uh, some of the other uh, booktubers. And uh, a lot of people placed the Malazan Book of the Fallen as their, you know, top or near the top all time fantasy series. And I was like, man, 10 novels, they're all big. It has this reputation of being incredibly dense and hard to get into. And a lot of people, you know, there's all kinds of YouTube videos of people like, I can't get into this. It's too, I can't get it. Well, what everything that's wrong with, you know, uh, Malazan, whatever. And um, I figured like the only way I'm actually going to do this and stick with it is if, you know, we build some content around it. And I knew that and Lana and I had had uh, a lot of, um, discussions about fantasy books and had shared love of reading. And so I was like, Hey, would you, you know, uh, you want to read these books? Because I figure like the only way I'll, I'll stick to it and force myself to get through that. Cause I really thought it was going to be a slog. And I think both of us found that gardens of the moon was really fun to read. And I, I think I probably, if I just picked it up on my own, I, I probably would have finished it, but having the structure of the YouTube channel and the book club, uh, and Lana, um, really made sure that, you know, I was, I was going to keep reading these, these books. And I think that's what I personally needed to do it. I think that maybe kind of leads into another one of our questions. And so I guess, and maybe you've explained it in, in some of your videos, but how do you, how do you guys know each other? And, uh, you know, how did the, the channel come to be and we decided to do this? Um, some of it you kind of answered here already, but uh, I think we came to know each other. Well, pr- first of all, through Twitter. So Jeff has a, a podcast called DLC. Well, Jeff has many podcasts, but one of them is called DLC, uh, your downloadable commentary for the week about video games um, with a, another friend of now ours, but his Christian Spicer. And there was a, at one point, Jeff had put out a call for like, we're looking for people who want to talk about video games. Uh, like, Give us your recommendations and a good buddy of mine, uh, Tim, aka the Trixler Fraser, recommended me in Twitter, and so Jeff invited me on the DLC podcast um, back in uh, 2021. Um, Feels way longer ago than that. That's crazy. It's actually, it's actually almost our friend anniversary. It's November 2021. Oh, oh, uh, maybe it was 2020. <laughs> no, no, sorry, it was. It was 2019. There you go. That seems that's better. the one. Not that's like that's too too recent. Yeah, no. Time is a flat circle. I don't know. It was uh, in the before times. It was before COVID. Right before it, because yeah. then <laughs> when I discovered the podcast, I, I basically became a fan. So I went on it and I was like, "Well, what is it? I'll I'll research it. I'll listen to it." And then I was like, "This is a great show." And <laughs> then Jeff and Christian would invite me back on every once in a while, uh, and and. That's basically it. We just come on the show sometimes. And now we have the Wednesday show 
that I'm on every week with these guys. But Jeff and I have actually never met in person. It's a lot. And I talk about it all the time. And we keep moving farther away from each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> at one point we were, we could have met easily and then we were in the same city. But at that one didn't point last we were, long. we were certainly in the same rooms together on many occasions. Yes, that's true. Wow, that's but, wild. But yes. never met. Well, Atlanta used to work for Blizzard mm-hmm. and I am a big what? Blizzard fanboy. And, and I, um, she works for Riot now, yeah. but um, I, uh, I was a huge Blizzard fan and particularly a huge fan of a game called Heroes of the Storm, which is sort of now defunct, but uh, was a MOBA that Blizzard did. And Lana worked on that. And that's because I was super into that game. That's how uh, I met Tim Trickster Frazier because he was a streamer of that game. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of a fan of what he was doing. And so I invited him on my show and then he led me to Lana. And so there were times when I was covering that game and she was working on that game that we were absolutely a hundred percent in the same place at the same time. And we just didn't know each other yet. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> so Lana, what do you do? If I may ask, uh, when I worked at blizzard, I was an animator, but now at riot, I work in research and development as an associate art director. Oh man. Uh, that's what I went to school for. was animation. So what? Really? Yeah. where'd you go to school? A defunct for-profit college. Was it the Art Institute? Yeah, it was. Hell yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, not to derail this thing. I could talk about that for a long time. I almost went to the yeah. Art Institute. You're lucky you didn't because degrees <laughs> mean yeah. absolutely nothing. I've learned more from YouTube than I did that whole college experience. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. we love, we love it. That's corporate America, baby. We live in it. Woo! Uh, <laughs> I would love to talk to you about that later. Uh, very for cool. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I don't know where you left off, Derek. <laughs> we're not really answering. We're, asking <laughs> yeah. questions. We're, we're not going in order or any sort of order. I guess just how did you guys decide so. to do these novels? Because yeah. um, this I'm is gonna, not a you know not a small thing to take on either from your perspective. Follow Lana's, uh, I guess, how she started and be like, Derek, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> so uh, it's I think it's a fun story. Um but I had, so I had a, a guy living with me as a roommate for a while. And um, one day I'm at work and I get a phone call from somebody doing like a background check. Um, <laughs> like I was a landlord. Like On I, you? I, I wasn't. Oh. No, no, no. For the guy that was living with me. Cause they like, they wanted to get whatever info, I guess. Oh. And so I'm like, oh, okay. He's moving out. Um, so I went home and changed the locks and I text him like, Hey, if you're moving out, it's cool. <laughs> I changed the locks. I just don't want to get, you know, raked over the coals and out, you know, money, which he could have done. Cause I mean, it was just, you know, a cash deal, basically, you know, there was no agreement or anything. Um, and he's like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. And so he moved out and he left a bunch of stuff and he left a bunch of books and, 10 of these books were Malazan Book of the Fallen, which sat on my bookshelf for a number of years. Um, Justin finished or was getting close to finishing The Wheel of Time when the, the first season started to air. And uh, I had him come down to my house and we would watch the, the first three episodes together. And I'm like, hey, I've got these books. We should read them together. I don't know anything about them. And he's like, cool. And so then... I mean, that was kind of it. I'm like, let's just do a podcast. I had no idea what kind of work it took. Um, wow. That's amazing. Like, we'll just, let's just do, do it. That's so, my vibe. No, I'm, that's that's I'm just so, uh, finding a book at the, under the tree at the park <laughs> plan. That's amazing. It kind of was. 
And I'm, I'm really thankful I have Justin because he does all the editing for our podcast and stuff. Like, I don't think I would have the patience to do that type of work. <laughs> um, and he, either he's lying to my face or he really loves it because he says he loves it. Um, and he does a great job. He does a lot of yeah. stuff behind the scenes that I'm eternally grateful. That he I, just, I guess you're just lucky your old roommate didn't leave like the Fifty Shades of Grey novels behind, you know, because <laughs> he would have been doing a completely different yeah. kind of podcast. Justin's <laughs> completely different audience. So, so after you started, like was it that you started this podcast? And then, I mean, I was so surprised at how quickly sort of the Malazan community like found us. So when you started doing these, was it that you did no research on it or like after you, did you check out a, a review to say, Oh, this seems like a really popular series actually, or you just started Nothing podcasting and then no. people were like, we're so excited for you to do this. The really the only thing that I found, I looked for other Malazan podcasts and the only one that I could find was 10 very big books. And I didn't listen to any of their stuff because I didn't want any spoilers, but I'm like, mm. there only appears to be one other podcast out there. So like, you know, let's do it. And I don't even remember how far into it they were at the time. But yeah, it's, I, I think for us, it's been, I guess, I don't know that we ever had like a big uptick or a big shoot. It was always kind of steady growth. And I guess I, now maybe that's I, something I didn't think about is like, you're, through book one of Memories of Ice. Um, but because you're going a chapter at a time, you started much, much like long ago. Almost in in what, March? It'll be two years? March. Wow. End of February, beginning yeah. of March. Yeah, yep. wow. Season pros. Um, yeah. We've done other things sprinkled in there as well. But uh, I mean, this is kind of our bigger focus as a whole. It's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I just like any opportunities to be creative, Derek. I'm not lying to your face when I say I, I like doing it. So, <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm glad. I feel really bad if you were. Uh, I mean, you went to art school, glutton for punishment, baby. That's just how it is. <laughs> you go there and like, I live for this. <laughs> I mean, right? I spent my whole college career just painstakingly moving keyframes to make sure that, like, the you know, it was fluid and it didn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even That's know what, what that means. So. I can make it fluid and it doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want it to, and then I can do that too. <laughs> and then anything you want. Anything you want. <laughs> Depends on Just what don't... kind of animation I'm making. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Bowling alley animations? Let me tell you, I'll make them garbage. <laughs> <laughs> New meaning to gutter ball, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess piggybacking off of that a little bit. So, like, you guys have a lot of people watching your stuff. How do we do that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Um, uh, the answer that I always give to this is uh, the only way I know how to do it is, uh, is you build a time machine and you go back to 2007 and you start making content on the internet and then people know who you are because there's only like 16 people making content on the internet. And then you, that's, that's the only way I, that's the way I did it is that I've, I've been making uh podcasts before anyone knew what the hell that was. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I'm very fortunate that um, I started making a, a show before there was a way to distribute shows <laughs> really easily. Uh, and, uh, you know, we kind of caught on, uh, early on, I, I did a show called the totally rad show, uh, in, uh, 2006, 2007. And we did that show for seven years and, um, you know, we won a Webby and we, you know, like we got very fortunate people knew, knew the show and sort of started following me. And then I went on and did 
uh, a bunch of shows after that a show called uh, weekend confirmed, which got pretty popular. And, um, um, so yeah, I, the only reason anybody, uh, the, the, here's the real truth of the matter is that, um, we're doing the show on my YouTube channel, yeah. not because I'm only because I already had 11,000 subscribers to my YouTube channel, which isn't a lot, you know, isn't in this grand scheme of things, but it was more than zero. <laughs> so well, I have a couple hundred, sir. Yeah, How dare you? I don't mean more than zero for yours, more than zero of starting a new channel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I don't mean that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not casting aspersions on you. Damn. I'm just saying uh, it was, we weren't starting from zero. I had a YouTube channel I just wasn't using that I had used for a bunch of things over the years. And I'd had a bunch of subscribers sitting on it. And every now and again, you'll see people in the comments being like, hey, this is strange. J Jeff, wow, I didn't realize you were still making content. You know, those like, comments make me laugh so hard. Yeah. Every time one pops up, I'm like, this person gotta read the room. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I so it's I don't, you know, we don't have, you know, half a million, a million, two million subscribers. It's not, we're not, you know, busting the doors down, but I'm very fortunate that I, you know, have we have a built-in audience and a lot of the folks that I, I the, honestly, this was, this was less about like, let's build an awesome book thing and more about, Hey, we have we this audience read. of people. Oh. Yeah. We have this audience of people that talk about video games. Maybe we can persuade some of them to read a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, as somebody who, I mean, I didn't have social media. I wasn't making YouTube content in 2007. Uh, I have was thought barely alive in 2000. You I were was so just, young. I was a 10 year old. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, the, I, I will say it's something I thought a lot about of like trying to get connected, not trying to like build my audience, but, you know, as an animator and an artist in like a competitive space, I thought a lot about how to like make myself make the connections that I, I needed to, so that when I would be like at the forefront of people's minds, if jobs came up, I wanted to be available and be present. And I think the things that always helped me sort of build up from nothing, you know, around 20, 2010, um, uh, it was like consistency and like building and looking for communities and not just like trying from, from nothing to get somewhere. If I'm supporting other people, they're more inclined to support me and like being present and being consistent, having some kind of schedule that I can keep that lets other people know the best ways to connect with me. I think that was one of the things that helped me, you know, build into some kind of presence online. Very cool. It's all that, I guess, one of my thoughts, and I guess that probably kind of is answered, but you guys just stuck to the YouTube because you, Jeff, you had the audience versus just starting like a, an audio only podcast type thing from zero then. I think yeah, I mean, a, I do. I do. Sorry, go ahead, Lana. I was going to say, I think, or at least was, for the Malazan side of things, anyways. Sorry. I think that was like a big part of it. But I also know that when Jeff and I started doing this, you know, Jeff's pitch to me was not like, "Hey, let's give ourselves another project to do." It was, it was really through that desire of just wanting to read and the nature of Jeff's work is that it's hard to justify taking the time to like sit down and just read something when there's not like an output there. So it seemed like an easy, an easy win, something we both wanted to do. We had the space to kind of put it up and they like, start interacting with the community, This, which is something both of us obviously enjoy. I think that's why we st stuck with YouTube is because we didn't go into this like with a plan. 
even so, you know, even before we started Memories of Ice, I like designed us a logo and I was like ready to go. And pretty quickly this started like, ooh, the scope creep. But then my work was like, you don't have time for it. You don't have time for that. Um, <laughs> and so the YouTube is sort of the main avenue just to, for the sake of keeping it casual and not like a big project for us to do. Well said. Very and nice. I also came to Lana at, at one point very early on and was like, I secretly want to be a booktuber. Yes. I'm going to be a booktuber because <laughs> uh, I watch a lot of booktubers and I, I was like, I could be a booktuber. I want to be a booktuber, <laughs> but I can't read fast enough to be a booktuber. Cause I don't know if you guys watch booktube, but 90% of booktube is like, here's the 14 books I read this month. And it's like, I can't do that. Yeah. And no, neither it's of us have library bookshelves yeah. in the background. We didn't have yeah. enough books visible on camera to really That's be the a, true, one requirement a, to a be true booktuber. booktuber. Yeah. Can't you just green really? screen something in? <laughs> I could. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but you know what? That sounds like a project. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You see some of those people read like 300 books a year. And you're like, I envy that. Like I wish I could day? be that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's beautiful. I but wish I could do that. Not, but how many I, video I, games do they play? Fair. Probably not very many. How many children do they have? That's a bigger question. I have two kids. <laughs> that's what, that's my biggest stumbling block is I have two kids. Yeah. And that whole work thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sustainability. <laughs> um, I guess up to Memories of Ice, the you know first sub book, what would you say your favorite characters in the series are so far? I know that you mentioned Felice and Jeff, but maybe a second or a third. <laughs> Oh man, I love. I don't know if you guys have gotten to this. I think you have. I love Buke in yeah. Memories of Ice. Buke's my boy. Uh, I think we both love Bowden from uh, oh, Dead House yeah. Gates. Kalam uh, is up there. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Lana. Uh, uh, love Kalam. Just a just a spicy, beefy, beefy rogue. Love that boy. <laughs> um, uh, and Crocus and Krupp. Krupp yeah, we, we love of, Krupp. Number one, love Krupp. Krupp, number Krupp one is Krupp like all-time literary creation. <laughs> yes. Just an amazing thing. Just yeah. an amazing, amazing character. Is there a character in the book that could be portrayed by a goblin of some variety? Love them. <laughs> love them. Krupp. I, dude, I don't know. I just saw uh, a movie called The Holdovers the other night, and uh, I think Paul Giamatti was born to play Krupp. <laughs> Paul Giamatti. <laughs> As Krupp, ladies and gentlemen. I can see it. Believe it. I always imagine uh, the clown from Spawn, but without the clown makeup. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good. It was funny because when we first were reading Gardens of the Moon, I thought Krupp was German. So I was saying Krupa. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what we first. Uh, I think it was Krupy. Krupy? Yeah. Krupy. Sounded, sounded so cute. That's and he's such a little better. cutie. <laughs> do you have faves i love poost i don't know what it is about, oh yeah but we love him too yes he's just diabolical diabolically crazy like he's just like logically insane they yeah. don't make any sense so great yeah. speaking your subtext out loud it's it's hilarious every time mm -hmm. yeah. yeah although um, I have many theories that somehow Poost is quick bend, but oh, I'm sure that'll, that'll get shot down eventually. But that's one of my way left theories is that quick bend uh, <laughs> had something to do with not necessarily the whirlwind in itself, but I, I, Derek doesn't 
I can't convince Derek, but I do think that <laughs> Ben has somehow made his way to seven cities while he's on Genepacus. Mm. I don't think he had time. He's a mage that can control his name. So, literally, is quick, quick. man. Right. <laughs> this is true, but I'm I'm not I'm not buying it. Justin, Justin gives me this vibe that I just I think he must think this is like a Mission Impossible movie where everybody's ripping masks off and every one of them is quick. And I'm just like, and, and he's been you know, but he I mean he is he has to Justin's credit he's been right on a lot. Like Riga. he knew that. Riga, um, servant, you knew that was Absalar's father way early. Mm. Um, I can't even remember, like all this stuff. I'm like, uh, maybe, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not buying it. And then he turns out to be right. So I should probably just trust him more. But. <laughs> maybe just a little, just a little. You just got to start, you know, counter offering some predictions that are intentionally way out of left field and just make, make him really think. Yeah. Can that be true? Hmm. Is this person also quick then? Hmm. Well, that's like Justin. He's like, everybody's quick then. <laughs> that's kind of the running joke. Yeah. And I won't take a pie on it. That's uh that's another thing that we talk about a lot. You know? We did make what well, we did make a bet. What we did? Yeah, so uh <laughs> well, remind me, what did we bet on again? I don't know. Um it'll be on the episode that's coming out. So we uh our was it chapter five chapter five chapter five we recorded for six and a half hours no way whoa chapter. holy mackerel you guys really do do a deep dive my goodness down it's like i'm gonna imagine you know editing out the potty breaks and the the family intrusions probably about maybe 5 15 5 30 so wow that's holy intense moly. uh and it was over two days but uh, do you do you literally pie each other in the face? We Derek did. Me. <laughs> <laughs> it's on our that's awesome. Oh, that's so fun. This I love is that. great. I maybe we, we need to. We, we need, need a, one IRL stream. Yeah. Jeff Kanata. We need to step up our game. I guess <laughs> that's impressive. Oh, I think it was. I think we made a bet on me saying Silver Fox is going to die. I think I was willing to take mm. a, a pie on that. That I was. I, I feel pretty confident. Just, I guess I don't know that it'll happen in Memories of Ice, but... Knowing knowing Erickson, Silver Fox will die, but Tattersail will be at the fore, like they're all doing in this sub-book. Like, Tattersail has to come to the fore, Cambry Nightchill, you know? Oh, so here's the... Uh, so when you say you make a prediction, it can, that prediction can be accomplished at any time during the rest of the series? Or it's not like, uh, within the confines of the, the novel? I don't know. I feel like we're a good question. pretty loose on it. <laughs> but they're right, taking a pie to the face. I feel like there's got to be a give me the mechanics. <laughs> so if, I would imagine that uh, if I am right about the book of Drajana, like whenever we come across that again, um, then Derek would have to recant the pie, and I would pie him in the face. You I just, like the idea. He has to buy you a pie to eat. Sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. I, so honestly, when I heard, first heard the pie pie thing, I that's what I assumed it was. It was like, oh, that's a great bet because I would love to win a free pie, but uh, <laughs> hitting it in the face is even better. But here's what here's my suggestion to you guys: is you make the bet and you purchase the pie when you make the bet. Oh no, I don't oh, like no. this at all. <laughs> And no. if you win the bet four years later, 
Oh. The other person has to eat the pie, or you get yeah, to eat you the have pie? To, you, you get a pie in the face that's four years old. <laughs> Some of it gets in your mouth. Trust me. I know. <laughs> oh, you put a date up. on the pie. <laughs> <laughs> November 2023. Uh, and it's like, fine, 2028 right now. Fine vintage. I hope there's a lot of preservatives in that fruit yeah. pie. <laughs> that's a collector's yeah, pie. Yeah, they're McDonald's pies. They'll taste the same, actually. Yeah, yeah. You yeah that would, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny stuff. Well, Derek, you want to take this next question? Sure. So um, I guess a precursor to this question, have you guys started House of Chains yet or no? I have. We oh. haven't started podcasting about or uh, doing a show about it yet, but I started, started reading it. because I am, as I've mentioned numerous times now, exceedingly slow reader. <laughs> so uh, I have. Started I don't even prepping. know how many chapters we're doing. <laughs> we're doing three. I think we're doing oh, okay, the prologue good. and prologue and, two, and chapter one and two. Okay, cool. Uh, so uh, yeah, so I have started. Uh, I have started. Gotcha. Um, okay, so out of and I will tell first... you, it start again. It starts like where where are we? What's go- what? <laughs> We, where are we now? What, what do we need to do? What do we need to know? Who who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's way out there again. Style. Yeah, that's funny. So, how would uh, so out of these first three books? And I wonder if you guys will have different answers from each other. But how would you rank the first three books as far as you know your favorite to least favorite? Lana, go ahead. Two, three, one. Yeah, well, we're we're aligned on that. I think both of us have two just edging out three. Yes. You know, Deadhouse Gates it's just close. edging out Memories of Ice, and then uh, Gardens of the Moon a little lower. That's that's my ranking at least. Yes, mine as well. De- Deadhouse Gates is your favorite. Yes. Yeah, uh, Deadhouse Gates I think is tremendous. Like I said, I love the Felicin storyline. It's incredible. Like the ups and downs, her like torment throughout the whole first third, two thirds of the book. And then where it goes with her is completely surprising to me. I love all that. I love, um, um, uh, Duiker and like who he, uh, the fact that we're like witnessing this war through the eyes of a historian and then the Coltane ending, I literally was bawling my eyes out reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, th- that book is, I, I think is a triumph. I, I, and all the stuff with, um, Who's in what's it's the two friends. Um, Icarium. Or, yes. Yes. Thank mm. you. Uh, the, the, that storyline is awesome with, with that sort of anguish of a friend who can't be truthful to his friend. And all, I, I don't know. The, I, there's very little of that book that I think is uh, extraneous or superfluous. And I, and Memories of Ice, I think, is is tremendous as well. I just think that it's a little bit. I mean, you guys don't know this yet, but, um, you know, I, th- I think that I don't even say, but it, it's, um, it's, 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 I would say it's still t- very good. It's like, it's, uh, it's, um, for me, it is the, that it's a much slower build. Whereas I feel like the consistency of action and the consistency of like, of not just interesting lore, but interesting direct moments kept me so in the second book. Like I, yeah. I really felt like every week I was like, oh my gosh, this amazingly cool thing happened. And for the a big chunk of the, the first part of Memories of Ice, uh, I, I think it still really started to turn for me around chapter 10. So, you know, you're, you're close to like the turning point, but there is, it's a lot more of that lore dump. And then it's sort of like a funnel into like, oh my God, uh, yeah. of the book. And so 
both have incredibly powerful moments. I definitely cried a lot more in Memories of Ice, but the the number two takes the cake for me. That Chano doggies, baby. (laughs) So good. So good. Yeah. I I mean, I know I've heard from multiple people that that book just stays with you for a long time. And, and I resonate with that. It, it, it does. I, I mean, like the Roman empire, I think about that book a lot more than that. So, Mm. um, I mean, almost, I mean, almost daily, I'm just thinking like, like, and it's, it, you know, it's weird to me. It's just a, a a book, a fantasy book. And I'm like, man, like what an awful thing to go through, but I'm still thinking about it. And yeah, Colton, like Pormqual, Pormqual pissed me off. Like mm-hmm. no other character has in a book before. Derek just to so attest to it, I was so mad. Even just furious. his name. Just furious. Yeah. More his like name. Saying just his know. name. Ugh, Pormqual. Yeah. You could you could totally turn his name into a verb. Like, like <laughs> you really Pormqualed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, don't don't Pormqual like that. Come on. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Porm failed. <laughs> All right. Um, well, awesome. Thank you guys for that. I, I don't know about Derek, but I, I would agree. I think it would go two, three, one uh, so far. I, I mean, for me right now, again, just solely through the first sub book, I would rate them two, one, three. Mm-hmm. I would right now, right now I would put memories eyes just because I, again, I know it's, I'm, it's building to something, but I'm just waiting for that payoff and I know it's going to come. But, but I also I feel like it's kind of a necessity to have this build up because I feel like it would be really jarring to like you know go off into the whole seven cities you know you're following you know, Felizin and Haboric and Mapo and Acarium and Kalam and their stories just to end up in like a siege of Capistan so I think that it's necessary and while I can appreciate that it's like just setting it up setting the scene so to speak. I do really enjoy those those intricate moments like with Silver Fox and Gnose and everything that's going on and like the master of the deck, that kind of stuff. So that I'm super curious about. That's like the formula that I'm used to, and I'm excited to see what those potentially reveal. I will say uh, what I'm curious about or what I'm waiting to find out more in going forward, uh, Lady Envy and the Segula. Yeah, Those they're awesome. Like... They're awesome. So much fun. <laughs> the, I love her. The I, love I love the Sakula. Mm-hmm. Oh, so cool. More like the Sakula. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dad jokes for the win. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great one. Yeah, that was a good one. What is something that uh, either of you find the most fascinating about how Erickson writes? Hmm. I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, are you saying go ahead because you know exactly what I'm going to say because I say it all the time (laughs) possibly but I still like to hear it okay Uh, the thing that I find most fascinating about the way Erickson writes well there's a couple one his characters feel incredibly balanced Um, there's I think especially in fantasy genres I find that uh, people often they're like really strong at like writing one kind of character and then all the other characters are like tropes or like sort of they they landed in a zone that doesn't quite stick it doesn't quite resonate with me um often enough i find that the the women characters in in fantasy novels are not super well written (laughs) in sanderson um uh, (laughs) but i went uh steve erickson it's like the way that he 
developed the idea of magic and, you know, class in this world and like how does magic affect things uh you know has basically resulted in like inequality you have badass women you got badass men you got badass people just around in general uh and it feels very balanced and there's there has not been a character maybe aside from like the triangle trade guild sort of busting down the door that i was like what in the and even then i liked them it just felt a little too convenient um but the other thing that I've talked about a bunch on, on our podcast and 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 recently again, uh, we talked with a, a critical dragon is he I really feel trusted as as a reader. The fact that this book is something that you're not expected to know what everything is right away. You're expected to but you're trusted that when it pays off, that you will feel like it pays off and get why it pays off. And I really appreciate that um, in, in Stephen Erickson as a writer. I, I would agree. And I. I feel like the way that Justin and I are doing this, just reading one chapter, um, I guess I don't know if you guys have felt terribly lost at any point, like waiting for more information or waiting for that payoff. But even even if we've been waiting, I know it's coming uh, and I'm not I'm not like anxious. I'm not in a hurry to to keep going. We've got our pace. And I, and I know, like you said, it's just that trust feeling. I, it's a good feeling. Um, to know that that's there. What about you, Jeff Kanata? Oh, well, you know, I love his use of language. I am uh, just blown away by the quality of his prose, um, which I find to be poetic and beautiful. Um, and his insight, that was the revelation that I was not expecting, uh, was that so many lines are just this incredibly insightful summation of the human condition or some aspect of the human condition, some thing that, oh my God, he found a way to, to describe so beautifully, so perfectly, so eloquently. I am constantly taken aback by just a sentence here or a, or a paragraph there that seems to convey some truth that I believe in, you know, and the fact that there's so much compassion at the heart of these novels, so much beauty, so much honor, so much um, duty and, and uh, goodness, you know, in, in these worlds that are very dark and full of horrors uh, untold. Um, the fact that he constantly finds such beauty in it. Uh, I, that is my favorite aspect of his writing is just how lyrical it is, how, how gorgeous the prose is and how he manages to find these beautiful ways to express things that feel true, even though this is a fantastical made up world. Kind of bouncing off of that. Um, did you get the sense that the Maybe is kind of represent representation of like parenthood? How oh, uh, yes. I mean, I, I, there's a number of times on our podcast, I've had to hold back tears talking about, I, there's a sequence. I don't know if you guys have gotten to it yet, but there's a sequence uh, from the, the maybe's perspective that I read the entire thing I read out loud to my wife. Um, it, because I was like, you have to hear that. You have to hear how beautifully he describes the selflessness that's required to be a parent. Um, and how, you know, it destroys her and she sort of gives it freely. It's just absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yes, it definitely is. But what you were just saying about what you enjoyed about Erickson's writing just 
reminded me of the Maybe and just how in depth Mr. Erickson can be. Yeah. Yeah. Insightful. Like, and so, yeah. so like he, yeah. Able to take these very complicated things and distill them into something poetic. It's amazing. That's something I'm really looking forward to as we, you know, go through the rest of this series as it is, you know, I'm not very much for like reading books and being like, you know, which one is me, but like having characters that really resonate with the types of choices that I would make or, or things that um, mean something to me. I love, see everybody likes seeing that reflection, you know, representation matters in, in all media period. And I'm so, I, I feel like I'm excited to look back at the series as a whole, because I feel like I will see something like something's probably many times something specifically that calls to me in the heart of what I am and what I love. And I'm, I can't wait to discuss with our community about that too. Cause I feel like everybody's going to have that piece because of what I hear is a plethora of characters that continues on <laughs> until the end of the series. And I'm, ex I'm excited to see sort of what other nuances, what other sort of parts of humanity that he explores through the rest of these books. Do you imagine either one of you rereading the series once you're done? I don't I, know. Maybe I could go ahead. Elena. I could see. I don't know if I would like reread it. I would probably re re skim it like little things that like already there's little pieces. I mean, things that got called out to us, like in the last book, he's the last book, right? With the that answer and Kellevend, Kellenved. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like everybody, as soon as we read that and people being like, have you ever read the first paragraph of the book before? Because it says all of this really plainly. And it's like, oh, that's really cool. And I feel like I would go back and at the very least reread all of the chapter starters oh, yeah. across Congrats. the board. Um, yeah. Because I feel like it'll be, you know, it'll probably bring up memories from all these places that they're going to appear or things that they're referencing and having the full picture and just reading those excerpts that are you know, poetry or quotes or or things pulled from the perspective of the person who wrote it in the world, uh, I bet will be another interesting story in and of itself. I didn't even think of that. No, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I, I'm, as I said, very slow reader. So there's always like, you know, 400 things that I haven't gotten to yet. So I have a hard time revisiting things that I already experienced because I'm, there's always new stuff I want to uh, spend my time on. But I think these books are always going to have a very special place in my heart. I mean, we're only three novels into 10 plus, you know, plus however other many others, but at least 10. And I already can tell that these will have a very special place in my heart. And I like close to my identity. I don't know if I'm going to use that word, but just my, uh, I, I, I think because of the experience that I'm having with Lana reading them and how, and the community that we're sort of building around it and the fact that we've spoken to Mr. Erickson himself and like just that it's a very special experience, you know, not to mention the fact that the, the books themselves are impactful and beautiful and uh, resonate. So, you know, it's entirely possible that I'll want to revisit them because they're this, these special things. Um, but I tend not to go back and reread things just because I have so many, like I said, this was in my two reads for a decade uh, and I have things sitting there that I've been wanting to get to for, for so long. Fair enough. I'm such a detail oriented person that like, I would want to go back and just like read it in a more consistent, <laughs> not mm. waiting a week to read a chapter, being yeah, able to yeah. devour a book in my normal time, you know, a week and a half to two weeks and then 
move right into the next one because I think that you know doing it chapter by chapter, week by week, sometimes you know every other week, it really it does slow down the pace, and so things do feel mm. long at the same time. So it would be nice to be able to read it in the cadence that it was. Yeah, on. that makes sense. So anything just, else there, Justin? No, not at all. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, um, no, you're fine. Do you want me to take this next one here? If you're ready. Do it to it. Do you guys have any favorite scenes, favorite parts through the uh, you know the first two full books and then this first sub book of Memories of Ice? So many, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> many. <laughs> uh, one of the ones that immediately pops to mind for me. <laughs> well, there's like so many in the second book, especially that I are so 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 good probably any any scene with Iskril Pust in it just because of who he is as a character um Crocus being a petulant little baby boy uh love all those but specific scenes I loved I love the scene where uh they're on the boat and they uh Bowden tackles you know Felicin off the side of the ship and like saves her pulling them out of that warren onto the beach and it is I'm so bad with names especially in the previous book it's like, it sounds like Buke, but it's not Buke. Bolt. It's Bolt. Yeah. And Culp. It's Culp and Felicin and Heverick, and they're all on the beach. And there's like one moment where you think, oh, Felicin's really going to turn the corner on her attitude problem. And instead she's like, is everybody alive? And they're like, yeah, we are. And she's like, well, then stop laying around. Don't get your beauty <laughs> sleep. We got to go. <laughs> it's like, okay, no, there's, there's nothing that's going to break this girl from being just rude um <laughs> and then uh the scene at the end with Heberick having his ghost hands near the end with Heberick having his ghost hands and like climbing i don't even remember what he's climbing yeah but, that was such a bizarre thing like i could not wrap my head around that at all like just trying to visualize it it just like i thought it was really cool but i'm like i just cannot get in the headspace for this to make sense in my brain <laughs> yeah and yeah. then almost there any scene with uh alam like belly crawling across the ground being like i gotta take out 50 of the all the claw who are here and i'm gonna show them who's boss and what do i have nothing but i'm gonna find something baby that was a great, a yeah. great section too sorry i'm like just no, rattling off so a million good. so many good there's so many good ones i mean it's full of incredible scene he, you know erickson talks about how he writes he doesn't write novels he writes like a series of short stories all stuck together and i mm -hmm. there's so many amazing scenes God, I, I mean, obviously, the end with Coltane is like gonna live in my brain forever. Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of great stuff from Gardens of the Moon because I know there was tons of really fun, awesome scenes in in Gardens of the Moon, but now it's been so long that I'm not. You know, there's like there's a line where you know Animander Rake shows up at a, a thing, and he, you know he describes it. He's <laughs> he says Animander Rake was an atmosphere. Yeah, like it's that kind of thing, that kind of stuff that just like, oh, there's so many incredible, incredible moments throughout these books that uh, break yeah. at the party. We're like going to fight somebody. Yeah. And they're like, all right, who's your champion? And I forget who their champion was. Though they got the duelist guy, like the noble. And they're like, who's your champion? And Rake's like, oh, okay. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like just there for so the good. giggles. Yeah. Most scenes with Drake. So I could probably pick like my top 15 characters. And I'm like, any scene with that person in it. Pretty great. Yeah, totally. 
Agreed. Was there anything that struck either of you as like a, the most impactful one? I think for me, I don't think it was the Sakala crossing in Dead House Gates, but whichever they're crossing the river and there's all the butterflies, just the oh, thousands yeah. of butterflies like that uh, one. The Vathar. Oh, what's yeah, the, what's you, the, who's the character that gets that it, it gets dr- drowned and the hand comes up and the butterflies are on the hand? Oh, oh so the, chi- the child mage. Sormo. Yeah, Sormo. Yeah, so good. So good. Like that. And obviously, yeah, like the ending of that book, but like that, that particular scene, I, I mean, it still would have been a good scene without the, you know, if you didn't include the butterflies, but that for whatever reason, like for me, that just put it over the top. It was just that extra detail that I just really appreciated and, and really liked and just made it much more special for me. Yeah. Incredible. And all, all of the ways that Coltane does the impossible over and over and over again, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the, the having the, all the sappers like be trampled, literally trampled, you know, with their shields over their heads as the horses go over the top of them. And like all the different ways that he like, Oh, well, this is literally impossible. You're going to die. You're completely outnumbered. And yet he co- consistently keeps get the train, the chain of dogs moving forward. It's uh, yeah. All that stuff. So good. I feel like the one or the couple of scenes that really resonated with me are in gardens of the moon, the Paran inside of Dragnapur. Mm-hmm. Like that was really cool. And yeah. how it even ties into some of the things that they're talking about in memories of ice. Yeah, yeah, big time. So, and then um, the fete or the fet, just yeah. all the stuff that went went down with you know Reyes, and you know just even even down to the way that Cru- or not Krupp, the way that Erickson had all these characters have masks on, yeah. and I just remember all these masks were in some way, shape, or form uh, an embodiment of who they are as a person. Yeah. So that was just really cool to like dissect. Um, the Salanda just purely because of my visual brain, like I could see everything the way that it, it, it was written. And like, there's a mental picture there, the transitioning from, you know, the Tisti Edu or Warren to the Minas Warren to like the real world was super cool to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess this is our last question, but it is focused on the first subbook of memories of ice here. So for me, Reyes being the guardian of the Finnest House was kind of amazing because while I didn't think he was dead at the gardens at the end of Gardens of the Moon, I thought that like there had to be something with him. And it's weird because after the whole thing with Tremolor and Moby in Dead House Gates, right? Like it was pretty obvious that he had become the guardian, but I it just for whatever reason eluded me until I read it uh, in this first subbook, but. I guess was that something that was a surprise to you all as well, or do you remember? Uh, oh yeah, I mean yeah. The, the fact that that race is just like, all right, this come this way. Uh, I'm, he's all I'm, messed up, right? He's like physically. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like shredded. It's yeah. like uh, it's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> like he got hit by a fucking grenade, from what I remember. It was- Bones are sticking out. But it's funny because I just think it's funny because he's this, you know, this tyrant, this, 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 you know, big bad at the end of the book. And now he's basically become, you know, a doorman, you know, just (laughs) like, Hey, I'm going to lead you down here. You're going to want to, you're not going to want to do this, but you know what? You have no choice. So 
leave or not leave. It doesn't make any difference to me. (laughs) One of these days you're going to go there. I love it. Especially because like tonally, like not just how he's built up in the first book, but like how he like, like he had those chapters in his head where he's so evil. He's like waking up. He's like burn sleeping down there. You know what? I'm going to give her a, like give her a little stab. She's sleeping. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Like he's just like evil, like evil. And now he's like, in my recollection like a little bit of attitude he's like a little sassy of Dorman yeah. Yeah. and I, I love that just as like the reveal it's like another thing where it's like hmm has anyone ever truly gone in this book hmm uh, and I the, the thing I realized when you like just say little things that happened in the first part of this book it feels like again it feels like it's been an eternity I feel like I've lived entire lifetimes since I read the scenes you're talking about it's crazy yeah. how far ago it feels but you know we're moving at this the speed of light <laughs> I will say as far as like evil characters go I uh, Calor I've en- I've enjoyed him too and I wonder if like is he really evil or is it just kind of a front? Like, I don't know yet. I mean, he seems like a jerk, but I, I mean, I don't know yet. I don't know. I mean, bouncing off of that, we had a couple of big wins because in, while we were doing the prologue, we actually had fantasy for the ages um, gentlemen join us for that episode. And we had, picked out or that we had put together that the imperial warren was the the place that calor had or mm. all three of the elder gods had put his world of destruction jakaraku or whatever into into the imperial warren which thus it was how it was created and even um sister of the cold knights like i was just like oh that's got to be night chill that has to be night chill <laughs> so it was really cool to be able to put those pieces together um so I mean, so far, I don't think we're as confused as we were in the first two book, but it's it's definitely nice to have those reveals right away <laughs> instead yeah. of waiting till the end of the book. And then, you know, even with the whole Jade statue thing in Deadhouse Gates, like we still don't have an answer to that one. But I think <laughs> about it all the time. I'm like, what the fuck is this statue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he definitely puts reveals in throughout. Not, he doesn't wait till the end of the books. There's huge reveals, you know, all through the, the novels, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I guess here's the awkward part where we're out of questions. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't have any other questions, but I, I after talking to the both of you, I, I definitely feel reinvigorated to keep reading. Um, Justin and I are, we're actually, we're reading Memories of Ice, and then we're actually reading another book that we're covering for our show as well. And I, Justin and I have talked a little bit about burnout, but and maybe if I look back and think about it, maybe I'm feeling it a little bit. But now I'm definitely feeling, like I said, motivated to keep going and and uh, you know just keep seeing what's what's happening. So I'm looking I will forward be shocked. to shocked. I'll be shocked if uh, you get to the <laughs> end of way. Memories of Ice and you don't. It doesn't raise in your estimation i think you're you you have not gotten to the coolest stuff that this book has to offer and i think you're going to be completely uh blown away by some of the some of the stuff that happens yes i I do expect that i i totally expect that but i I, and i told justin a couple times throughout this first sub book i felt a little bored at times Mm. um 
you know, it, but I get, you know, it's, it's set up and, and I'm trusting that process, but I'm like, okay, like I'm, I'm ready to get going. Like, let's, let's get going here. Let's get the wagons moving here and, and let's get the cappy stand. And yeah. I feel like this, this first sub book, if I could offer like any like words of wisdom that maybe will help you like reframe your brain in such a way that you keep, like you keep on and key into that excitement versus, you know, some of the things that would maybe make you feel bored is treat it like you treated the you treated the first book which for me i'm like i have no expectations i don't know anything about this world anything i don't understand i'm gonna assume i'm not supposed to understand i'm gonna keep going through it where now you know there's world context we have a lot of characters a lot of them aren't even talked about in this book there's so much to analyze that i would say try to refrain from trying to dig too deep and just let yourself float on for the ride and then you'll get you'll get to that good stuff, uh, and I think you'll be really uh, I think I think you'll be really pleased. I appreciate the advice. It's the deep stuff that keeps me going. I love thinking about <laughs> the shit. So. Yeah, that's what's fun about <clears throat> these books, man. They're they are an onion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there's always another layer down there, and it's just impressive that he's managed to do that. Mm-hmm. Ogres are like onions. <laughs> well cool uh bana jeff it has been an absolute pleasure to have you join us here at dj's epic quest it's so nice to actually talk to to other creators that haven't read the series before yeah you know, usually yeah. it's one of those things where we've talked to people who have read the series once or twice or even three times and it's usually a conversation around like well i can't really reveal this but i can talk about this so <laughs> Um, I'm kind of left with, uh, oh, well, what do I, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, almost yeah. as informed by what they can't say, by what they will talk about. Exactly. You're just like, you're not telling me something. So that means I need to <laughs> or <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, d- thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to us. It's, it's been a lot of fun and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can't, can't thank you enough. Yeah, thanks for inviting us. I, I agree. It's really nice to talk to some more folks, especially folks who are on the same part in the book that we are. It's been great. Yeah. Very nice to meet you. Thanks so much. We really appreciate it.